Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hey, beautiful mama, welcome to the show today. And I am so happy that you're here and you're tuning in. And also, I'm excited about what I have to share with you today. We're going to be talking about how to become a safe place for your tween or teen to open up and talk to you. And this is one of the most important things that we can do that has the power to impact our relationship possibly more than anything else. At least that is what I've experienced in my own life and working with moms over 12 years, that when we can put these things into practice, it shifts so many other things. And we can focus on like the to-dos or things we want to change when it comes to our kids or things they're not doing that they should be doing or things they are doing that irritate us. But when you put these into practice, what I'm going to share today, you will see shifts in all those other area. So we're going to be talking about that. But first, I just want to thank you for showing up, for listening to this podcast. I know how busy you are and that you are setting a time to listen in today just means so much to me. And as many of you know, this past week, I led a three-day free parenting tweens and teens training called Building a Strong Relationship with Your Tween and Teen. And many of you came. Yay! It was so awesome. And if you missed it, you can reach out to me and find out more about how you can access that three-day training. It's Cheryl and Moms of Tweens and Teens.com. And I'm always amazed at what happens when we can be vulnerable and share our challenges with each other and how healing and reassuring it can be because we can feel so alone, can't we? And Moms were coming in in the chat and saying, me too, me too. And then another mom would chime in and say, I'm experiencing that same thing. And there is just power in that. So I just want to read just briefly what a couple of moms said, and this will encourage you to practice some of these things in your in your own parenting. But Valerie sent me an email and said, I have to say that the first two sessions really reshaped the way I see my son. It is good to recalibrate 
uh, with around our strategies and our goals and parenting. And I practice some of the skills already and I already see the changes. And then Linda said, I just went through your three-day series workshop from this past week. And I wanted to tell you how grateful I am for you and your knowledge. Aw, I love that. And last night I tried one of your strategies and it was like a miracle. <laughs> I love that. My son didn't argue back to me. I want so much to have a great relationship with my kids. And I just know your advice will help me tremendously. And then Wendy said, I feel like I'm getting my kids back. They are responding immediately. So thank you so much. That's so exciting. And these strategies really do work. And I'm just going to share just a little bit of what I shared at that three-day training that I know is going to help you as well. I also just want to briefly let you know that the Inner Circle membership opened up after the three-day training, and you can still get in. And if you're interested in finding out more, you can email me at Cheryl at Moms of Tweens and Teens.com. But Next week, we launch in the Inner Circle our eight-week parenting program, and it's going to be great. I'm going to talk about all of these things more in detail. We're going to talk about disrespect, how to navigate your tween and teens technology and set limits and boundaries. And also, we're going to talk about the ways we parent and our triggers and understanding ourselves more and much more. There's also a private community that you can join when you're a member, and it's just this amazing community. And I do weekly coaching calls with question and answer in there, and you can post and connect with the other moms. And then you have access to all of my past workshops as part of your membership that normally I charge for. And there's a toolkit of downloads, printables, weekly units I do. They're like mini classes. There's conversation scripts and so much more. So no, it's open. I just, I want to support you on so many different levels. And if that sounds like something that you would be interested in, then reach out to me. So let's jump in to our episode today on how to become a safe place for your tween and teen to open up and talk to you. Now, one of my favorite quotes is, they may forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And our kids really don't care, <laughs> especially at this age, how much we know. We, we forget that all these years we've been teaching them. And now we move, when they hit the tween years, we're, we're moving into more of a mentorship with them. And so a lot of times when we tell them, give them advice, or we're trying to fix things or jump in, it doesn't work. Because why? Because they are in this process of becoming more independent and they're moving apart from us because they are trying to figure out who they are apart from us. And also, we this is this, this gradual letting go because in order for them to become independent and more mature and more responsible and more resilient and all of those things, they need to make some mistakes in order to learn. I wish it wasn't that way. I mean, it's as a mom, it causes great anxiety to let go. I know I've been there. My kids are older now. My youngest is 21. And I still, to this day, struggle 
with that letting go. But it's a slow process and it's a healthy process to be doing this. Because why? Because our kids learn through making mistakes and they learn problem solving skills. And I'm going to share a little bit how we can help them with that, how we can mentor and coach them around that rather than just jumping in and giving them advice or telling them what to do, which shuts them down. And I'm sure that you are listening and you've experienced that where where all of a sudden your kid shares maybe something they're struggling with and then you tell them what they might do and then it shuts the conversation down immediately and then you're like, what just happened? They're not listening to me. It is so important to remember that it's not what we know, it's how we make our kids feel. If they feel safe with us, that we are going to be a non-judgmental presence, that they're not, when they share a struggle or a challenge with us, that we're not going to come in and be quick to criticize them or tell them that they did it wrong, they are going to feel safer to come and talk to us, especially when they're going through a difficult time. Now, I want you to think about a newborn baby and how our kids came into the world. And it was so much easier in many ways, even though it was a huge shock when I had my first. But they come into the world and they have basic needs. They need to be held. They need to be fed. They need to feel safe and secure. And if kids don't get that, it really impacts them. They're realizing today that now with all the brain studies and research being done, that if they don't get those basic needs met, it really impacts them in their future. But I want you to know it's never too late. And our tweens and teens, they have specific needs that if we meet these needs, it can change the dynamics in our home. And we have so much power. That's why it's moms of tweens and teens. I love the dads that show up. But it's moms of tweens and teens because I think we underestimate the power that we have just by learning these things and growing ourselves. It's really less about changing or fixing our kids. And it's more about what and how we communicate. So when you begin to practice what I'm going to share with you, I know that you're going to begin, just like the moms that had shared, to see positive changes in your relationship with your kids. We want to create an environment in our relationship with our kids where they feel safe to connect with us. Because if we don't feel safe, we don't connect. And I want you to think about somebody in your life that you don't connect with because you feel criticized or judged? Are you going to share your heart with that person? No. And it's the same with our kids. We're going to self-protect because we don't want to get that criticism. So I want to jump in and share three foundational parenting principles. And these are like laying a foundation for your relationship that is strong and sturdy. And if you can practice these three things, think about these three things and in the interactions that you have with your kids, it is going to, you're going to see dramatic shifts. So British psychologist John Bobley, he did extensive research with children, especially children that were really wounded and had behavioral issues. And he studied the bonds that they had 
with their parents. And this is where attachment theory came from. And many of you are familiar with that, and some of you are not. But simply put, attachment theory is a deep emotional bond that forms between two people when they feel safe and secure. And then there's a wonderful book by Daniel Siegel and also uh, Tina uh, Bryson Payne. I think it's Bryson Payne. I always switch that or it might be um, Tina Payne Bryson. But anyway, they both wrote the book, The Power of Showing Up. It's a wonderful book. I highly recommend. And they talk about in there the four S's, but I'm going to share the three S's because just to, it gets a, it gets a little confusing, but one of that, the four S's is secure. Um, but that comes because of the three S's. So let me just go through those and I'll explain what they are. So the three S's are safe, seen, and soothed. And our kids need these basic needs met. And it's never, like I said, I want you moms to know because I experienced this in my own life through my own mistakes that I love to share with you. I did not do this with my oldest when she was a tween and I began to learn and I began to see these big shifts in our relationship happen. But safe means that your kid feels safe to be accepted. They feel accepted for who they are, warts and all, and even at their worst. They feel like we are for them and what they're saying to themselves, even though they may not be aware of it is, wow, I'm not going to be judged here. I'm not going to be criticized here. I'm safe. My parents accept me even when I make mistakes. Now, I want you to know this isn't easy to do. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I am totally failing in this area. No, no, no. If we do this 40% of the time, we are doing a great job. So just know we need to start practicing these things. These take practice and we're not always going to do it perfectly. Sometimes our kids are going to make a big mistake and we're going to be mad and we're going to probably fall into that criticizing mode, but we can always catch ourselves, get get become more self-aware. So when we are doing that, we can shift. But that remember, we want to be that non-judgmental presence. I'm going to explain how we can do this, okay? Seen. Seen is, it's when our kids feel heard. When we're listening, and I'm going to talk about how we can do that, they feel understood. And they're like, wow, I make sense. They get me. And my parents care about what I'm feeling and thinking, even if they disagree, they want to know me and they get it and they want to hear me. And so when you feel seen by somebody, it's when you're nodding your head and you're like, yes, thank you. You're articulating that exactly what I'm feeling and I'm thinking. And it just feels so comforting when that happens. And soothed, this can be physical comfort. But many of you are like, well, my kid doesn't, that's not their love language. Or now when I go to hug him, they don't really want to hug, which is all normal. Um, Soothe can be physical comfort, but it's also listening. It's listening to their feelings, holding space for them when they're upset. It's not minimizing or dismissing. Like, 
you know, and we don't even realize how often we can do this. Like, don't be upset here. We try to jump in and make them feel better. Because why? Because of course we love them and we don't want them to be upset. But it's also because it's really uncomfortable as a mom to see your kid hurting or to see your kid upset or when they're angry. You know, it's like we don't like having conflict. We don't like them pushing back. We don't like them being mad because it's just, it it creates conflict in none of us, um, or I have yet to meet anybody that enjoys conflict. So what do we do? We want to shut it down. And in the process, we end up shutting down our kids' feelings. This is very counterintuitive because why? Because soothing comes through expression. When we express, we feel better. It brings the anxiety levels down. You you get out of that. You know, the depression is like depressing that expression. Now, I know some of our kids, some of us, we have clinical depression. That's not what I'm talking about. But we need to talk about how we're feeling. And the more that we can do that, the more that you are going to see a shift in your kid's behavior. I want you to think about somebody in your own life where you would call them if you're going through a difficult time, like they're your go-to. And I want you to think about why. Chances are you feel really safe with them. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to try to fix or tell you what to do. They're going to hold that space for you. They feel safe. And when you can express what you're struggling with with them, you end up feeling so much better. And it's the same thing with our kids. So how do we do this? Okay, and I'm going to share five essential keys that will help you to do this. So number one is to be present and to show up. This sounds like, duh, this is so basic. We hear all the mindfulness stuff. But you know what? It's powerful, especially when our kids are living in this culture where they're on social media so much and, you know, they're looking down at their phones and for us to just be with them, just being present in the same room, not having to do, but just to be. And this is just, this is eye contact. This is stopping what we're doing. And we have to remind ourselves that this time is fleeting and we will never regret putting down our phone or whatever it is, even if it's 10 minutes to just listen to our kids. And our kids pick the darndest times to talk, don't they? It always seems like when we're absolutely exhausted, when we're not in the mood, when we have a million things to do, and then they want to talk like at 11 o'clock at night, right? <laughs> I don't, they, you know, their whole serotonin level, I was just learning, it, it goes, um, it doesn't like start to go down until like midnight, and it doesn't start to go up until 9 a.m. in the morning, which we need to have some grace around that. Once I heard that, I'm like, oh, yeah, no wonder they have such a hard time going to bed. No wonder they have a hard time getting up in the morning. That makes sense. So we need to lean in and we need to be aware and take advantage of that. Number two, I want you to tune in. Notice or become aware of your own feelings 
and your tween and teen's emotions. So in the three-day parent training I gave in the workbook, I gave a whole feeling sheet. And what's cool is you can use that feeling sheet even with your kids and start Go, you can use it at the dinner table and set aside time to make time for that meal. I know a lot of us with COVID have been doing that more because we're not running, running, running here and there. And and say, you know, I'm becoming more aware of my feelings. And you can find it on the internet and print it out. Now, your kid might not be so open to that, and that's okay. You don't want to force it. But start noticing and recognizing your own feelings. Why? When my daughter was a tween she was expressing a lot of anger. I had no idea I was angry. I was so not in touch with my emotions. So what happened? Well, when she started expressing her emotions and her her anger, I wanted to shut it down because I was not in touch with my own. So I was making at that time, anger was a bad emotion and you just better not, you know, act out. You better not act out, be disrespectful, all of those things. And of course, we want our kids to be respectful. That's so important to teach them that. But they don't know how to express anger responsibly yet. And the only way we can really, unfortunately, one of the only ways that we can teach our kids how to express anger responsibly is by learning that ourselves. So we need to get comfortable and start noticing our feelings because when we do and we can label them, we're going to be able to, you know, sadness. Like a lot of times we want to stuff that because it's uncomfortable. When our kids are sad, we want to, we want to kind of put a blanket on that and, and kind of cover it up because it's uncomfortable for us, right? But the more that we can just get comfortable with emotions, the better able we're going to be able to sit in the discomfort of our own kids' emotions. So number three, this goes along the same the same lines. Accept your tween or teen's feelings, all of them, even the negative ones. We tend to put them in categories, happy and excited are good emotions and sad and anger are bad emotions. I even find that when I start working with moms, that it's very difficult for them to say they're angry. They would rather use the word frustrated because we look at anger as out of control, which I'm going to get into. But I want you to know emotions are the heart of connection. And when we can connect around what we're feeling and lean in and have empathy, it's it's amazing the connection that happens when my heart connects with your heart on a feeling feelings level. It's not about the story and everything that's happening around us. We tend to get into this right or wrong. Like maybe your kid's late for curfew and you get into this, you know, this right or wrong and you're arguing about it. And maybe that's not the best example because we need to have limits around that. But if we can say, you know what, you came home late, you didn't text me and I was scared and I was wondering if you were safe, that's going to help our kids to understand more than just making it about them being late and how they were wrong that they came late, but to be able to share our hearts with them and how we felt it's going to be more connecting. So feelings are not right or wrong. They are information. And when pain 
is minimized, dismissed, or denied, it can't heal. Sometimes maybe some of you have been grieving, you know, a lot of losses. And if we minimize it or dismiss it and we don't work through that, it's always kind of there underneath the surface. So feelings need to be expressed in order to be worked through. And if we avoid or suppress our feelings and don't accept them, they can become more intense and they actually lead to depression, anxiety, our acting out behaviors, and they manifest themselves in other ways. So that's why it's so important to help our kids to get their feelings out and just to know all feelings are okay. Now, let me say this, and I'm going to say it twice. It's what we learn to do with our feelings that matter. It's what we learn to do with our feelings that matter. We need to help our kids to be able to learn how to express their feelings responsibly. And if we they don't get the practice in our home, they don't learn that. And you know what's so cool is we can say, I'm learning right along with you. Join them in that. And there's some there's power in that. Like, you know what? I realize I never learned how to handle conflict in my family. But really, I want our family to be a family that can work through conflict and that can talk about what's going on with us. Because when we if we don't, that's when a lot of resentments build up. And I see that working with couples where over the course of 20 years, they haven't known how to work through their conflict. And so, so many resentments build up. And honestly, before I really started doing this internal, my own personal growth work and started doing a lot of training in these things, I had resentments building up with my husband as well. I didn't know how to work through that. And so by really opening up and being able to share those things, they lessen. But I see that a lot. We've allowed so many resentments and we don't know how to begin to even talk about it. So it's really important that we we begin to learn how to do that. And I know, I know that it's not easy. And I just want you to know, be patient with yourself in the process, but we can learn how to do it. So number four, being a non-judgmental presence through listening. Um, This is also where all of this kind of comes together because in order to truly listen to somebody, we have to be willing to sit with them in whatever it is that they're feeling. And so if we want to be that safe place for our kids, if we want them to feel safe to open up and talk to us, we really need to get better at listening. And I still work on listening every single day. And it's an art It's like learning a new language. And maybe you've heard me say before, there's a reason we were born with two ears and one mouth. We have to be willing to be quiet. We have to be willing to put our judgment aside. We have to be willing to put aside our wanting to fix things and give advice to our kids right off the bat or to minimize or dismiss their feelings because we're really uncomfortable. Because a kid comes to you and they're telling about how they get left out with their girl with their girlfriend group and oh my gosh it's so painful or their boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them and they're crying or they're really mad at you that you wouldn't let them go out and go to the party so they're lashing out in anger or they're having angry outbursts 
It's really hard to listen when those things are going on. It isn't natural or easy as it seems. We can say, oh yeah, listening is so important, but it's hard, especially when our tween or teen says something. And at this age, remember, so important to note, they won't like to hear no. So just know that. I think that's one of the biggest things I see moms struggle with is they get upset when their kid gets upset, when they tell them no about something. I don't like hearing no. And so we just have to remember our kids are fighting for independence. They want to be their own boss, even though they're not mature enough yet. And even though they need limits and they need boundaries, which I talk about on the third day of this parenting training. And they need that. Because that creates boundaries and limits create safety for them as well. And sometimes we don't set them because we don't like to deal with the back, you know, that backlash and that anger. But just know that they're not going to like it. And that's okay. And you can stand firm and not make them bad. It really takes time and patience and self-control and, and practice. And the more that we practice it, the easier it can become. I just want to hold out that hope. It really, really does. And listening is so powerful. It gives our kids what they need. And that is where they feel soothed. That's where they'll feel seen by us. That's where it's actually counterintuitive. Also, we think that they need advice or they need us to maybe tell them what to do. And I'm not saying we don't coach them around it, you know, that they don't need advice, but we really need to listen first, fully. Because so much of it is when our kids are sharing their feelings and emotions, they figure it out and they learn how to problem solve just by talking about it out loud. And then we can say things like, what do you think you want to do? I hear you're angry. I hear you're upset. What are you going to do about that? Or would you like me to support you in any way? Or do you just want to vent right now and get it out? Or would you like any advice? Because a lot of times what I call it is unsolicited advice. They're not asking for advice, but we we want to jump in there and tell them because honestly, if, if everybody took our advice, things would be so much better and go so much more smoothly. <laughs> I, really, I really believe that. But we won't, long term, we won't be helping them to learn how to problem solve. And what we don't realize is that when we're giving a lot of advice, we're telling them what to do, they get the message that my mom, it's very subtle, but my mom doesn't really believe that I can handle this. And that can actually increase their anxiety. So how do we listen? I'm just going to, I'm going to close, but I just want to give you a few little tools. What you want to do when you listen is you just want to reflect back the feeling. That's why it's so important to start recognizing what your own feelings and emotions are because it'll help you to tune into your kids. So put into words what you think your child might be feeling instead of reacting out of your own feelings, which, oh my gosh, is so easy to do. And you can always check it out by asking, have I got that right? Like you, you, seem sad. Am I right? And they'll correct you usually and say more. And when your teen comes home from school complaining about a friend or a teacher or they're doing e-learning, you can say something like, I hear you're angry. You got to see on your paper and you don't think that you deserved it. 
we can be so tempted to say, well, if you had to studied more, right? Sometimes we may, we do that and we can catch ourselves and go and we see them all of a sudden, they put up that wall, they walk away. They're like, you don't listen. You don't get me. You don't understand. And there we are. We're in that power struggle, right? So you want to say something like, I hear you're angry and you're disappointed or you, maybe it's discouraged. Maybe they did study a lot. No, I hear that you're discouraged. Like you worked, you studied, you put in so much effort into studying for that. And then you got to see, and that makes sense to me that you would be discouraged. Then you say nothing. One of the things we do that shuts our kids down is we keep on talking and they're like, oh, I can't tell mom this because I'm going to get a lecture. She's going to talk my ear off. And so then they don't share with us. So being part of that safe place is just reflecting what we hear. So you see how this is different than giving advice or telling them what to do or criticizing them, or maybe they have that friendship issue and they come to you. That's really painful. And I hear a lot from moms that their kids are going through that. And I went through that with each of my kids because at this age, so many friendship groups shift. They're, they're trying to find their tribe and maybe it changes and they all of a sudden have a lot of different interests and that can be a messy process and our kids get hurt and then mama bear comes out and, you know, it's just a hard, that's a hard thing. But saying something like, that must have hurt when Sheila talked behind your back to Nancy. Gosh, I can see how that hurt. Then we want to be quiet because then they'll usually say something like, yes. It really hurt. And you know what, honey? I'm here for you. I know that hurt. And I'm just, I just want to sit with you right now in that. Do you need a hug? You know, want me to make your favorite snack for you? I mean, that's a little bit of making it better, but that's a little different than jumping in and, you know, saying other things. But just, you know, you're being comfort, a comfort. But do not underestimate the power of just sitting with them in their pain and their grief. Um, my my mother-in-law, who's since passed away several years ago, she, at her funeral, one of her best friends said something really powerful. She said, when my husband passed away, she came to my house every single day for about six weeks, I forget the time frame, and all she did was open the door and sit with me. Sometimes she maybe said something, but she just showed up and sat with me. And she said, that was so incredibly powerful. Didn't try to make her feel better, was just there. It's the same thing with our kids. When we, you don't know what to say, a simple, huh, really? Wow. Yeah. What did you do? Well, open them up and they will say more. Now, when you start practicing this, don't be surprised if your kid is, it it really, even their body language can change. When I started doing this with my own kids, they were, it was kind of like they were expecting something to come. They tell me something and you could almost see like their shoulders would go up to their ears like, oh, here it comes. My mom's going to give me advice. She's going to tell me I did something wrong or I needed to study more or something. But when all of a sudden you say, oh, you know, what do you think would help you? Or how might I support you 
you ask those really good questions, they start feeling safe and the wall starts coming down. And they're not sitting there putting this wall up expecting to be criticized. So I just want you to start practicing it, this, and see the difference that it can make. In closing, I just want you to know that listening provides your child with the greatest comfort. It's your acceptance of your kids' unhappy feelings that will give them the tools to better cope with whatever situation it is that they're going through. It's very counterintuitive as moms, but you will notice when you start practicing that just listening will calm them down. Allow them to express their upset. Don't shut them down by trying to get them to feel less upset. Getting rid of the upsetting feelings will actually lessen their intensity and restore them to calm. And it's important for us to remember that as well. And that's one of the reasons that the inner circle is so powerful because you can come there and vent. You can get it out and then you're not going to get it, take it out as much on your kids or just being able to call that safe person where you can just vent and they're not going to try to fix it, but you can just express what you're going through and they will listen. Oh, and I almost forgot number five, very quickly, validate your tween or teen's feelings. And so this is what I was just saying. It doesn't mean you agree with them or you're giving in or you're a pushover. It's just mentally and emotionally being present with them and repeating back like, that sounds tough. Please help me to understand what has you upset or that stinks or sucks. Kids like, they like when you say sucks, even though some of you might not, but I've noticed they kind of like that. I want to really listen to what you have to say. So why don't we sit down? And tell me so you have my undivided attention. Or it makes sense you feel hurt or angry. That sounds like a tough situation. Have you thought about what you want to do about it? And even I see you're very angry and I really want to understand what you're feeling because it matters to me. But it's hard for me to listen when you're acting this way. So I'm ready to listen and to understand when you feel calmer. So why don't we just take a time out and we'll come back to it. Um, So in closing today, I just want you to practice this. And when we can create that safe, non-judgmental presence where we can seek to see our kids, their emotions, their feelings, and to hear what they have to say, they're going to feel soothed and their emotions are going to feel comforted. They're going to feel like my mom wants to know and understand me and she gets me and I'm not crazy for feeling the way I do. I actually make sense. It's an incredible, incredible gift. So thank you for tuning in today. I hope that this was helpful to you. Reach out to me at CherylMomsWithTweensAndTeens.com. If you want to know any more about the inner circle, it's going to be closing, I believe, Friday. So you want to reach out to me quickly if that's something that interests you. So anyway, have a great week and I will see you back here next week. I have some really exciting guests that are coming on the show. And so I cannot wait. So have a great week and I will see you back here next week. Thanks so much for joining me.